but it leads to the need for collaborating and working together and forming a consensus and making decisions that please more people and often those decisions are longer lasting and are actually sort of have a better and a longer term result which means that you have less of this sort of chopping and changing of one government gets in makes a load of, of policy decisions and then an opposing government comes in a few years later wipes it all out starts again and does something completely different <laughs> Uh, welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today we have uh, Emma Nags, who is the grassroots leader of Make Votes Matter. Emma, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Josh. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. For, thanks very much for agreeing to chat to me. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> no problem. So, uh, why don't you give us uh, a brief explanation of who Make Votes Matter are? Absolutely. So Make Votes Matter is the campaign for proportional representation in the House of Commons. So we are essentially campaigning to change the voting system so that seats match votes and all votes are counted equally. Um, we've existed since just after the 2015 general election, which is still one of the most disproportionate elections that we've had here in the UK. Uh, and it was really an activist called Owen Winter, who at the time was 16 years old, uh, he set up a, a change.org petition, uh, which ultimately got about 250,000 uh, signatures uh, petitioning for a change to the voting system to PR. Uh, from that, a sort of knot of volunteers coalesced around the, uh, the campaign, and we've built up from there over the past sort of, what's that, five, nearly six years now, and have become a much um, larger campaign. We still have quite a small team, but we have an, an awful lot of supporters and activists and volunteers that work with us to really sort of campaign to, to change the voting system here in the UK. Okay, so you mentioned there that, that um, in our current system, uh, a lot of votes aren't, aren't counted equally. Um, do you want to explain just for people who aren't well versed in it, like why that is? Yeah, so the system that uh, we use at the moment is called first past the post. And basically, it means that each constituency in the UK, there are 650 of them, essentially has a mini election in every single constituency and the winner of that mini election goes to parliament um, and all of the losers if you were to say anyone who voted for uh, someone that didn't win their vote just goes nowhere so for example if you are a conservative voter in a labor seat that has always been a labor seat and is pretty much guaranteed that a labor mp would be returned or if you are a Labour voter in an SNP seat for example in Scotland your vote just goes nowhere it's essentially wasted um, so we really feel obviously that this is quite an unfair system it means that not uh, every vote counts uh, and it really does depend on your postcode where you live whether the vote that you cast at the ballot box every time is actually going to affect the result and end up with you being represented in parliament by somebody that you voted for or not. Okay, so when, when I was interviewing um, Peter Hitchens, we actually briefly touched on, on the, the, the concept of, of PR. And, and he argued that 
Uh, first past the post actually has some virtues in that it it provides uh, clarity and it provides like a, a, a you get you're more likely to end up with a majority government essentially even even in a divided country, and he he was expressing that as a as a as a virtue of of our, of our system that it, that it gives us a, a stronger government than than perhaps our our population can can decide for themselves. Like what would be your your sort of counterpoint to that yeah a, a lot of people make this point that it, it leads to stable governments um i would say in the past five years we haven't really had much of a stable government in the uk um <laughs> we have not exactly been a shining beacon of uh, of stable governments um the government that we have does have a parliamentary majority but only 44 percent of people actually voted for them so they do not have a majority support of the people um, and they don't reflect or the decisions that are, are made within government don't necessarily reflect public opinion. And we, we've seen this quite often recently with things, for example, like free school meals, where there was huge public support for offering free school meals uh, to children who um, needed them. And the government voted it down over and over again. So it may be that there is a majority government with the majority of seats. But in our case at the moment, or it's actually very rare for there to be a majority of support and they don't reflect the people that they, they are representing. So with a PR system, for example, you're right, it doesn't often happen that there is a majority government. Um, that it happened in New Zealand in the most recent elections. It's possible that it may happen in Scotland as well. There's some elections happening hopefully in May this year if they actually go ahead. But it leads to the need for collaborating and working together and forming a consensus and making decisions that please more people. And often those decisions are longer lasting and are actually sort of have a better and a longer term result, which means that you have less of this sort of chopping and changing of one government gets in, makes a load of, of policy decisions and then an opposing government comes in a few years later, wipes it all out, starts again and does something completely different. Whereas with this collaborative politics, it means that you get better decisions longer term. It may take longer to make those decisions, but ultimately they should last longer and please more people. Mm. Uh, so so you're basically suggesting that that like the co a coalition government um, would or coalition governments successively is providing like a more consistent and sort of less volatile political environment is sort of allows more for for long term planning rather than, as you said, chopping and changing. Yeah, and actually you can see this are the most stable countries in the world, which are invariably a combination of the Scandinavian countries plus Switzerland. Um, all of them have systems of PR. So this argument to say that, that it leads to stable governments, actually, if you look at the most stable countries in the world, almost all of them use uh, a form of PR and have done for, for many years and it works very well for them. Okay, so then I guess the, the next question is, is got to be like, what, what system do, do we go towards? Like, like from, from what country are we going to take examples or, or what, what system do you guys advocate for sort of specifically, if at all? Mm -hmm. um, so at Make Votes Matter, we actually brokered what we call our good systems agreement, um, which is uh, 
a, a, sorry, an agreement where we've had all of the British opposition parties, apart from Labour, sign up to it, plus a few sort of MPs. And it essentially sets out 10 principles of a good voting system. So we don't advocate one single system because even though there are examples in other countries, basically each country has its own sort of bespoke system. There are sort of types of models and things. So we think that with the UK, it's good to sort of take aspects of things, but there are sort of 10 principles that we cover that it must be proportional, votes must be equal, it must be uh, allowed diversity, it must maintain a constituency link as well, because this is always something that comes up a lot in in arguments against PR, there are forms of PR where you can have a constituency link. And ultimately, we think that the system for the UK should be decided via a deliberative process like a citizens assembly, so that it can be part of a national conversation with a representative sort of audience uh, of the country to discuss exactly which is the system or how we want our voting system to work going forwards. So uh, you, you actually mentioned that Labour haven't signed up, which is, which is really interesting because I think it's coming on close to 200 constituency Labour parties have signed up to either voting reform or, or proportional representation. I cannot for the life of me remember which one it is. But mm -hmm. why do you think it is that Labour haven't signed up to it? I mean, I can see the Conservatives' argument not to, um, but why do you think Labour haven't specifically? It's a, it's a difficult one to answer because actually they're the only sort of socialist party, if you want to use that word, in, in the world that supports First Past the Post. So it is a, a little bit of an anomaly. But like you say, um, we've polled Labour members several times now. Um, very consistently, about three quarters of Labour members all support um, a move to PR. Uh, we're working with, so we launched... Um, a coalition of, of various organizations, including Make Votes Matter, but also the Electoral Reform Society, Compass, uh, Another Europe is Possible, the Labour Campaign for Electoral Reform. And all of these organizations are working together exactly like you say, to get um, CLPs to put motions forward to the Labour Party conference, which will be this September, hopefully, if it's going ahead. Um, and exactly like that, there is now huge pressure within the Labour Party membership to get this policy changed because it's very much in the interests of, of everybody, not just, it's not really a party politics um, a question. PR would benefit pretty much everybody in the, in the country. But in order for it to become law, because essentially that is what it needs to happen, it has to go through Parliament at some point to change the law, we need the support of one of the two bigger parties. And like you say, it's much more likely that the Labour Party will change their policy in favour of PR rather than the Conservatives. So we are having, hopefully this year, having a big push to uh, to get Labour Party policy to um, change to support PR. How hopeful are you for that? Like, what are the what do you think the chances are that they they go for it? Because, I mean, I've seen I've seen arguments from from senior Labour politicians that they say, look, you know, we just need one more push and we'll get over the line and then we'll be back in power. And, and so therefore they think that their best chance for like getting back into power is, is to stick with, with, uh, with first past the post. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can say is there is a huge amount of momentum within the Labour Party membership. Sorry, momentum is maybe yeah. not the right word to choose, but there's a huge amount of, of support for it within the Labour Party membership. 
Labour does describe itself as a very democratic party and that hopefully the, the views of the membership and, and such an overwhelming amount of support from that area will translate into them finally supporting PR and um, be, be the change we need, really. So, like, uh, how do you see this um, going? Like, so, 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 like, say, hypothetically, you get, you get the Labour Party on board and then you're looking in Parliament to try and get this passed. Like, do, do you see them attempting to use some form of citizens assembly as you you mentioned like do you think we'd go for an, another referendum like we did with the alternative vote or or how would you see this this like how how do, how do we get to that point where we can yeah. we can make those changes absolutely so our ideal sort of timeline or, or scenario would be for the labor party to back pr hopefully this year um, and then if we do have time to have a citizens assembly before the next general election to be able to do that groundwork and have all those co conversations by then it means that all of the British opposition parties uh, will be have policy in support of, of PR so hopefully we'll be able to get a lot of engagement at a high level to have that that national conversation to do the work to to have a recommendation of what sort of, of PR would be good for the UK and then have that included in the manifestos of all those um, uh, all those parties and then go to the general the next general election with all of that uh, support and a commitment to introducing PR in the first session of Parliament and then obviously if a uh, government that supports PR is elected that should be enough of an electoral mandate to be able to initiate the uh, the processes to be able to get the law changed to that um, to PR basically. Mm. Have you spoken to um, like seen like current politicians about how receptive they are to the idea of a citizens assembly? Just generally, because I mean, I've I, it's it's something that I, I've I've heard mentioned from from quite a number of people that I have interviewed. Um, it's an idea that that keeps sort of popping up everywhere that I, I I read any sort of book or paper about about trying to change our system and. I, I, it's it's like in theory, it's such a fantastic idea. I think I think it's really, really, like quite possibly one of the best ways forward to to deal with a lot of the difficult issues that that we're we're currently going to have to deal with in the next sort of five to ten years as 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 a nation. But I, I just and like ideally, it should be like really a, appealing to politicians because it kind of gets them off the hook of having made the decision. You know, do you know what I mean? They, they can just be like, well, it was your choice, you know, they can throw their hands up and pretend that they had nothing to do with it. Uh, but like, how receptive are politicians to this idea of sort of taking away their 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 power, essentially? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it is one of the, the key principles of the good systems agreement that we uh, we brokered. And all of the parties that have signed up to that have essentially committed to this citizens assembly mm. so there are uh, almost all of the opposition parties like I say but there are also individual Labour MPs that have, have put their name to it and, and supported this as well so we spent about 18 months brokering this deal and making sure that everyone was on board with it and spent an awful lot of time tweaking the language, making sure that it was really something that everybody could get on board with and that sort of covered all of the bases and that 
really, if they've signed our good systems agreements, they should all be on board with the citizen assembly idea. Mm. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we get some sort of progress on on our voting system. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, so, so to, to to move on to the, the the House of Lords and and sort of the second chamber idea. Like, is 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 this like do you, where do make votes matter stand on on the second chamber? <laughs> So we're a single issue uh, campaign and we're very much focused on the House of Commons. So we really see the House of Commons as the the keystone in reforming politics in general in in the UK. So unless the House of Commons is uh, fully democratic with a a proper proportional system, um, other reforms are just sort of tinkering around with the edges. and, And we really think that it needs to start in the House of Commons and then move down to, to other aspects. So that can inco- include the House of Lords, that could include local government as well. And um, But there are other campaigns, like for example, the Electoral Reform Society, they're campaigning for, for Lords Reform as well. And there are there are other campaigns and we work closely with them as well. But Make Votes Matter is, is single issue. And we really think that reforming the House of Commons is the, the key to, to reforming the whole democratic system basically. Mm. You mentioned some Labour MPs are on board. Who, who, who do, you, do you know specifically? Clive Lewis is one of our most sort of vocal um, uh, supporters. Uh, Stephen Kinnock, uh, Jonathan Reynolds, Diane, uh, not Diane, um, Dawn Butler, sorry, I nearly got her name wrong. Um, mm. So we've got roughly, I think it's, uh, well, we, under the last uh, sort of House of Parliament um, Labour Party, we had about a third of Labour MPs that were sort of officially supportive of our campaign. So we are working to try and uh, determine A, those that we don't know what their opinions are, uh, and also to sort of help convert as many as, uh, as possible. Hmm. So w- what does is, what is your job involve as the, the grassroots organizer? Or the... Yeah, um, so we have three strands of our campaign uh, grassroots which is the area that i head up so that's really anything to do with our supporters volunteers activists things like action days things like local groups things like uh, trying to get letters into our local press and and all that sort of thing so it's very much the the grassroots side of the campaigning and getting normal everyday people to get involved in the campaign Lobbying MPs as well is a really important part of, of the grassroots campaigning. And we have a virtual lobby of parliament happening on the 12th of March. Uh, so we're asking our supporters to uh, invite their MPs for a, a little Zoom meeting on the Friday, the 12th of March, to uh, try and have a, a conversation with them about PR. Um, and then the other two um, strands of the campaign are the Labour Party side, which we've spoken about already. And then the Alliance, um, which is really about bringing on board uh, MPs, other uh, societies, uh, parties, public figures, really to sort of raise the, the, cam- the campaign um, in national media or any other sort of thing to really sort of highlight the, um, the need for PR across the, uh, the country, really. Hmm. So is is this is this really what the public want? I mean, like I mean, so, some people would say that uh, we had our chance in was it 2015? I believe the referendum was, and and the public sort of quite wholeheartedly rejected um, alternative vote uh, as a, as a, as a, a new voting system. 
like what is the do you do you have polling on the sort of prevailing sentiment of the british public yeah um so the referendum was 2011 and um the key thing to sort of that's right um the key thing about that is that av or the alternative votes is not a proportional system so even um, David Cameron admitted that it would have uh, it would not have a, a proportional result. And actually, if the 2015 election had been using AV, it would be even less proportional than it had been under first past the post. Um, but yes, we do. Uh, we've done polling occasionally. We tend to sort of focus it a bit more, but there is support uh, in the general population. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers, I'm afraid, but it is there. Um, and it really is we, we're trying to sort of do the work to get this out into wider conversations and make it the the bigger uh, story than it is because it it's viewed as quite a technical conversation or quite an, a nerdy thing to to talk about when actually ultimately if we were to have PR a lot of the the things that other that people care about in general like improving equality whether that's income equality gender equality social equality things like dealing with the climate crisis things like uh, stopping this really confrontational yabu politics that causes a lot of this division in society those things could be improved through working on on PR in a in the collaborative way that we were talking about um, so yeah it's it's trying to get that message out so that the wider population sort of understands that a lot of those things would trickle down from a change in the voting system so you really think that that first past the post is the is the reason for the the kind of polarization over the last sort of five to ten years um, well, if you think about the most polarised countries at the moment, many of them do use first past the post. For example, the USA is a is quite hot at the moment. Well, what do you um, mean? They all agree on everything. <laughs> well, actually, it's a very live example of undoing all the things that had been done by the previous government. So, as you can yeah. see, Joe Biden has just spent the last ten days undoing everything that uh, that Donald Trump has done. Yeah. Um, so, this is a very live example. We haven't had. To, a big change of government in this country for at least 10 years. But um, I'm not Already saying that PR is the if, magic... If you're going to be really cynical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not going to say PR is the magic bullet. It's not suddenly going to cure all our ills and, and make us live in a utopic society. But you have to look at examples of other countries. For example, almost all European countries use some form of PR. Um, and they are our closest neighbours, our closest allies, and, and culturally, I would say, they're some of our, our closest comparisons. And there's over 80% of sort of developed nations all use a, a type of PR. So really, first past the post is quite an out of date, uh, outmoded system. And it really is time for the UK to sort of come into even the 20th century it's not even the 21st century and just sort of get up to speed with some of the the countries that are, are doing better than us frankly um in a lot of the the sort of rankings of of various um uh, rankings in, in the world we are we are not as high as we could be yes um... did i ask 
question was there something else i feel like there was a two-part question to that no not really i mean the next the next thing i wanted to kind of point out was um like i'm not sure that that proportional voting systems automatically sort of help out in in trying to make the politics less polarized i mean being from from northern ireland the uh, the yeah. we have a we have uh, arguably one of the most proportional voting systems in in the world and we are still horrendously divided I mean, not quite along the same lines as as the the rest of the UK. Um, we 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 have our own thing going on here, you know, orange versus green. But um, our our system essentially works for people who don't know. In that, um, we get like a list of of candidates who are standing in a certain constituency, and then um, we get uh, a certain number of candidates that that are elected from each constituency, and we have to number our preferences like one to however many people are on the list. And then they they count them through, through, like they count the first preference votes. And then when the first preference votes are counted, if anyone's over the threshold that's required to get a seat, then you go to the second. Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 not the most um, simple system in the world, but we, we still are like horrendously divided and, and polarized along, along um, I mean, it's not exactly religious lines. It's more sort of um, Irish versus, are we Irish versus are we British lines? Like, I, I mean, do you, yeah, I just I, I guess I'm keen to sort of point out that like it yeah, doesn't doesn't always lead to the best the best outcome. I mean, would you do you guys how do you guys feel about about PR STV or would you prefer some sort of list system? Um, well, talking about the sort of divisions in societies, well, they they are not all down to a voting system, and a voting system isn't going to fix all of them. For example, in Ireland, a lot of those divisions are, are historically. About sense and changing the voting system is, is not going to magically fix things like that. I grew up in Belgium, which has used PR since the 1800s, and they're a very fragmented society as well. There have long been sort of confrontations and, and things like that over various um, topics, but think of it the opposite way around. If those countries had first past the post, where you would have a dominant force with a minority support then that might actually exacerbate some of those divisions rather than trying to sort of smooth them out so if the alternative is first past the post then it might actually have been worse but anyway but yes like I said with MVM doesn't like push a single voting system um, just because one and not that many people are that interested in the details of the voting system. It's quite a sort of technical and, and nerdy conversation. Oh, you've never heard people down the pub debate in debate in PR versus a list system <laughs> versus STV versus AMS. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, there's also the thing at the moment is that certain parties also support certain systems as well. So it's a way of of trying to not get into the the detail and the the sniping about those sort of details of things and just we support the principle of PR and we think with our good systems agreements there's a good system that can be decided upon for um, the UK but we're not gonna be drawn on one system or another. (laughs) Mm. It's funny actually you mentioned Belgium Uh, the whole Northern Ireland system uh, is based on well, it's it's based on the Belgian system. Um, what is the concept called? I'm going to butcher this. I think it's consociationalism. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a GCSE politics still in my head there. 
Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's based on the idea of, 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 uh, of yeah, trying to, trying to bridge the divide between uh, a seriously divided society and trying to find a way to, to create a system in which you can govern a divided society, which is like, I mean, we, we seem to be heading, heading that way. I mean, we're not quite as bad as America yet, but um, we're getting there. <laughs> well, we need to turn back, turn back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Hopefully, like I mean, I I do I do believe we're still there's still a road back. You know, we mm. I guess it's it's difficult to say these days. We uh yeah, yeah we can't yeah. can't hope for for much more than get into the end of next week right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. So then, so you're gonna hopefully hopefully we get so, some sort of um discussion on this from from the Labour Party. Have you guys approached the Conservatives about this at all? Or is that kind of just like a bridge too far? You just know they're never gonna gonna sign up? No, well we are we're a fully cross cross party campaign. So we do have supporters from the full political spectrum. We do have one Conservative MP um who supports our campaign and has signed up to the Good Systems Agreement. Um, and that's uh, Derek Thomas who's the MP for St Ives down in Cornwall. And um, we are trying to make inroads within the Conservative parties. I think personally at local level, there'll be a lot of Conservatives that uh, support PR, particularly with their experiences in local councils, because although at the moment the Westminster Parliament um, has a majority uh, Conservative uh, government, the reverse will be true in certain councils. So there, I think there are conservatives out there that are open to uh, to PR, definitely. And like I say, we definitely have conservative supporters. I'd say the Parliamentary Conservative Party at the moment is very much a stonewall when it comes to that. They had it very clearly in their manifesto that they supported first past the post, and they many of us. They really put it in their manifesto. Oh yeah, it's absolutely it's in there. Page forty of the um, uh, page forty eight that everyone was talking about before the general election also had a commitment to first past the post. Um, on it so yes it, it was very clearly in there and many of our supporters obviously do have conservative MPs and they are have been lobbying them and and trying to do and that's how how Derek Thomas came on board was by constituency lobbying by by his own constituents so people power does work and by being persistent and opening up those conversations it does work uh, but I have to say it's it's a hard road with the Conservative MPs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine the 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 party of Jacob Rees-Mogg voting for any kind of uh, significant change. <laughs> well, like it, was, we'll see. <laughs> it was good enough for the. It was good enough in the eighteen hundreds. It's good enough for us now. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think that the so so the last couple of years has seen us kind of drift from um, like there was there was a point in two thousand ten when it legitimately for like a few brief moments looked like the Lib Dems were 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 in contention as a as a major political force. Like I think after the the first uh TV debate that we did, then then um Nick Clegg and the, the Lib Dems were were actually polling higher than than Labour or the Conservatives for like a, a couple of days. And uh, but then since then, especially since the, the coalition government sort of flattened them, we, we've seen just all of the voters sort of coalesce around either the, the conservative or, or labor. Do you think that the, a PR system would sort of help us like, retreat from that a little bit? Would there be like a more 
more people like likely to vote for smaller parties for the green party or or perhaps even new parties that are springing up um what's the one from lawrence fox reform uk or is it no reclaim reforms the Brexit party reclaim uk like do you think do you think these smaller parties are gonna have more would have more of a chance under pr or would the 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 sort of polarization and that's occurred would that sort of remain in place Well, one of the things with a PR system is that it it eliminates the need for tactical voting. So possibly one of the reasons that that there has been such a swing to the larger parties is that that tactical voting aspect. And I think at the the last general election, about a third of people said that they were likely to vote tactically. So voting against a candidate that you don't want to get in as opposed to for the candidate that you do support. So by having a proportional system where you are your vote is always represented. It means you can vote for the person that is has closest to your views. So in theory, that would mean that, that people that support smaller parties, but have felt forced to vote for um, a candidate that represents a larger party that has a better chance of winning in their constituency, that's where they will have moved their votes to. By having a fully representative system, there's no need to do that anymore. So you can vote for who you actually want to represent you. Um, so in theory, that it improves the chances of smaller parties of being able to get seats in Parliament. Uh, and actually, the Lib Dems this time, their vote percentage increased, but they lost seats. So this is the sort of paradox of first past the post, where sometimes you can actually get a bigger vote share. But unfortunately, if your votes are not in the correct constituency, you end up losing seats. So this is quite the paradox. So I think where there is one Green MP, um, but that took over 860,000 votes to get that one Green MP, whereas for there to have be one Conservative MP, it took about, I think it was about 32,000 votes to get a Conservative MP into Parliament. So the, the disproportionality of it is absolutely huge. And then the Brexit Party got 2% of the national votes and don't have a single MP in Parliament, mm. which is just not not representative, really. Yeah, that's not good, actually. I mean, as, as much as the, the Brexit Party aren't probably the, the greatest representatives of democracy, <clears throat> They, uh, or well, maybe that's a poor, that's a poor way to put it, but maybe they're not the best people to elect as MPs. They, they, they like to pull a lot of stunts like they did in the European Parliament, taking selfies with no one in there and claiming no one was working when they were all at lunch. <laughs> if, if there's support for them in the, in the country, then really those people who voted should be represented. I mean, in, in the 2015 election, UKIP received 4 million votes and they got one MP, I think it was. Yeah, Douglas um, Carswell. Exactly, who had defected from the, the Conservatives. So he was initially voted in as a Conservative and then swapped to UKIP and got re-elected under a different banner. But um, yeah, if 4 million people uh, vote for a particular party or a particular type, whether you agree with it or not, it is fair for those votes to be represented uh, in Parliament. Mm. And they were not. Well, that's that's a well very fair point. Um, so, what, like, say say someone's listening and they're going, well, you know, nothing will change, or you know, there's no way we can get anyone to agree to this. You know, it would be giving, it would be forcing politicians to give up, give up some power, or or you know, especially in the two larger parties to to agree to the chances that they would know they would never ever receive a majority again. Um, 
like what would you say to to these sort of cynics well there's plenty of changes that have happened over the years that needed massive support things like civil rights things like votes for women that was 100 years ago and that was voted down dozens of times over decades and it doesn't mean that it was the wrong thing to do um, but every time you, you could now not say that women should not have the votes because surely they should have always had the vote in my opinion but then again I guess I'm biased um, but um, yeah th these are the sorts of things that really are required to make a better society and it's in our opinion something like this would make a, a really big difference to a lot of the big issues that uh, we have in our society at the day at the moment and even if it is voted down a few times and even if it is against the interests of certain political parties it's the right thing to do and it's it's an improvement to our democratic system uh, and whether they agree with it or not it really should happen <laughs> mm. well thankfully politicians always do the right thing <laughs> eventually <laughs> well eventually but so uh how can people try and get involved like what's the what would be the best things for people to do say they're 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 thinking that okay you know this seems like a righteous cause sign me up like, what <laughs> sign me up like what what can they do aside from maybe sign up to the to to your mailing list or or follow you on facebook and twitter and whatnot like okay. where where can people begin that isn't i don't know like throwing bombs at or at the parliament or you know storming we storming don't advocate lists. violence <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, if you go to our website, so our website is makevotesmatter.org.uk. And uh, probably the best thing to do uh, right now, if you really want to do something worthwhile, is to sign up to join our Equal Votes Lobby, uh, which is happening on the 12th of March. So we're asking people to request a meeting with their MP, which will be on Zoom uh, just because of current uh, restrictions. So, so far we've got about 500 of our supporters have requested a meeting with their MP. Um, we're trying to coordinate them so that they're hopefully group meetings. So if you're a little bit uncertain about meeting your MP face-to-face, -face, hopefully we can encourage some of our supporters to join you in that constituency so that you're not necessarily on your own if you're a bit um, unsure about having a zoom if your mp happens to be boris johnson for example um so uh that would be a great way to start also might help you to sort of meet a few supporters as well in your area and uh, meet some some like-minded people that that live close to where you are if you're a labor member as well this is a really important time uh, for anybody who's a member of the labor party so uh the, our sort of labor project is called labor for a new democracy um, so we have a, a website for that as well, and you can sign up there and ideally uh, pass a, mo a motion through your CLP to get um, Labour Party policy changed at the next conference. So they're the sort of two key things to, to really get involved in if you are interested. Okay, right. Well, that seems like a, a nice place to leave it. Uh, Emma, thanks. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Lovely. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the link in the description below. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.